Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Gens and Associates podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Yang Ayat, consultant and analyst for Gens and Associates. And today's episode is all about regulatory intelligence. My guest today is someone that you're probably all very familiar with, Greg Rowland. Hi, Greg. Thanks so much for being here and chatting with me today about our recent Reg Intel Pulse research. So, Greg, if you don't mind, let's kick off our conversation today by having you introduce yourself to our listeners. I'm sure that they would love to hear a little bit more about you, um, you know, and the kind of work that you've been doing. Okay, thanks, Catherine, and it's great to be here. This is uh, I'm looking forward to this session. So, my background is uh, basically that I started in the uh, U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Uh, Center for Drug Evaluation and Research, supporting the review process and all the IT systems that uh, that supported those processes. Uh, while at FDA, I was also the rapporteur uh, of the ICHM2 working group, which was the working group that developed the ECTD specification. Uh, after FDA, I served as the chief technology officer at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and then went into consulting at Booz Allen Hamilton, uh, where I met Steve and, and some of the other crew. And I've been working with Gens and Associates uh, since 2009, I believe, as part of the uh, benchmark survey practice, and also working on consulting projects uh, with the biopharma industry primarily. Um, and the primary work there has been uh, helping uh, the pharma companies with their interactions with global health authorities and the RIM systems that support those interactions. Great, thank you so much. You are definitely our resident, you know, health authority expert person. <laughs> so, all right, let's do this. Um, our regulatory intelligence, um, well, regulatory intelligence in general is a focus area that we track in our research. And I believe that our firm conducted our first dedicated Reg Intel study back in, I, I think it's 2018. And we just did a follow-up poll study in the fall of 2022. So, Greg, what are we talking about when we say Reg Intel here? Please give our audience a quick overview of the poll study that I'm referring to. What were some of those key learning goals and the main takeaways? Yeah, so you're right. Uh, we uh, did a regulatory intelligence pulse survey uh, in 2018. And we've also included questions in our um, world-class RIM surveys that we do every two years that are relevant to regulatory intelligence because we do list regulatory intelligence management as a uh, core capability when we talk about RIM. Uh, for this survey, we really wanted to understand three things. First was we wanted to understand a little bit about how companies collect, curate, and analyze and distribute regulatory intelligence information, uh, typically within the company, and they have a broad number of stakeholders. So we want to look at that as well. So the second goal uh, is to really understand the automation goals and approaches uh, that companies are using uh, for those use cases to analyze and distribute regulatory intelligence uh, to their stakeholders. Uh, the last goal was to understand the level of integration with regulatory intelligence and the company's regulatory information management system in general. Traditionally, regulatory intelligence has been a standalone activity, and more and more companies are seeking to integrate that uh, automation and uh, technical support into their current RIM systems. And just by the way, for this survey, we had uh, participants from 42 separate companies 
and 14 software providers answered a questionnaire about uh, their offerings in the regulatory intelligence areas. As for the companies, about about 60% were large or mid-sized companies. I was just going to ask you about that. To our listeners, we've collected some in-depth information about what Greg just summarized for us. And at the end of this episode, I'll provide you some information on where you can find the white paper that we're talking about today. And your second point, Greg, you speak about automation and automation happens to be an area that is of particular interest to you and to others on our core research team. When I look at this data, it doesn't seem like most companies are very mature in this area. Why is this? And do you see a change in this status in the coming years? Yeah, so that's an interesting question. And and yes, you're right. We found that while about 50% of the companies responding to this year's survey have some degree of automation, uh, which is in place to collect regulatory intelligence from external sources, very few, actually fewer than 10%, have automated the collection from internal sources. And even, <clears throat> even fewer have automated the analysis of the regulatory intelligence Uh, that they've collected. And the kinds of analysis that are typically required are impact assessments. In other words, what is the impact of a regulatory change, uh, either in a a broad number of health authorities or even an individual uh, health authority on my company and my company's products and regulatory responsibilities? So why, why is that? So I think that's the next question, right? Why? Why? why <laughs> yes. Yes. Why do you think that's happening? <laughs> why? Why is the adoption of automation so low? So I think there are several reasons. Actually, four. The internal regulatory intelligence information, especially the soft intelligence, like the lessons learned uh, for a particular process or health authority, is not available within a company in an accessible and authoritative source. A number of companies identified a goal, in fact, as having an authoritative source for all the regulatory intelligence that's available within a company. Secondly, industry is relatively uh, in a relatively early stage of clearly defining the kinds of analysis to be performed on a company's uh, information. And they don't yet have a clear description of the desired results. There's general discussion about analyzing that data, understanding the impact and so forth, but a clear definition of how to do that and what the results and who the stakeholders uh, would be for that kind of information is not yet fully articulated. The third is an advanced software uh, in the form of natural language processing or artificial intelligence, machine learning uh, is only now beginning beginning to be available and accepted in pharma, especially in regulatory affairs departments. Um, And regulatory intelligence groups are typically either part of or closely associated with regulatory affairs. And and the acceptance of of AI, if you will, uh, to help facilitate the automation of that information uh, is only now beginning to be accepted and, and has not yet become commonplace. And the last reason, number four, is is budget and cost. So regulatory intelligence groups um, and their budgets have always been relatively small. And this is still the case in, in many companies. So the challenge for the next few years is building the 
regulatory intelligence repository, uh, especially that uh, includes the information that's available internally from affiliates and, and fairly disparate groups within a company and allocating funds to automate the management and analysis of that information. So that's to be determined. That's very interesting. And I suppose we will wait and see just how industry matures in their ability to adopt automation. There are a lot of opportunities for companies to mature in areas such as processes, data governance, and data quality sustainability too. So it's not just in this area of automation for regulatory intelligence. So let's move on to effectiveness versus efficiency, which is often a topic of discussion with our core team members and something that you just alluded to as well, which is that this study points out how regulatory intelligence functions are generally effective, but not all that efficient. So it does seem like reg intel departments can accomplish what they need to accomplish, but could really improve performance with more resources and integrating automation. Could you speak a little more about this learning point, please? Yeah, so we were a little bit surprised by the results. And you're right, we did ask about effectiveness uh, first. Um, and just a little historical perspective, when we first started our world-class RIM survey, we asked about effectiveness of the, in the use of, of uh, automation and tools and, and RIM systems. And typically regulatory affairs departments are in fact effective. You know, the question is at what cost? So we started to ask about efficiency uh, as the that survey evolved. So similarly with regulatory intelligence, we thought we were still in the early stages of, of understanding how effective and ultimately efficient uh, those organizations are for uh, managing regulatory intelligence. So we did ask, in fact, about effectiveness. And, and in fact, again, in parallel to regulatory affairs in general, uh, the answer was yes. Uh, most companies indicated that they were effective in the various activities that we provided for them in, in the survey. But I, I've come to believe that most of the companies answered this question in the context of what they're doing today not necessarily considering the need for additional value-added services, such as the impact assessment analysis of internal data uh, that, that their stakeholders are beginning to ask for. So therefore, it's, it's possible um, that effectiveness challenge is, loom is looming as regulatory intelligence departments are asked to do more. In terms of efficiency, uh, the data says that most activities are being performed manually. And while that may be efficient today, again, that's going to be a challenge as more and more information is required and the analysis and curation of the data uh, combined um, data with both the data available from commercial services uh, as well as data that's uh, available internally and managing that, that is going to be uh, a real challenge for those manual processes. So we do think that as companies are looking to improve not only their effectiveness for these advanced use cases, uh, but also improve their efficiency and ability to deliver given the small size and budget that we alluded to earlier, we do think that advanced software tools uh, will need to be developed. My last question for you, Greg, is about organizational structure and strategy, which is an area that I am always very interested in. 
Do you have any opinions about any particular structure or strategy that you believe would have a significant impact on optimizing regulatory intelligence for companies? I suspect that you might circle back to the importance of automation and the use of advanced technologies. So, yeah, so you're right. The 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 organizational structure that we find um, is varied across companies, and and we always struggle in these surveys and in discussions with companies in defining. Uh, what regulatory intelligence means and regulatory intelligence information management means to that company. Some companies look at it very simply as pulling together the country filing requirements. Others look at it as um, engaging the company in, in a more broad way in policy decisions and really understanding um, how a company should react or even influence uh, changing regulations. So we, not, we have some fairly simply defined companies that are or organizations that are focused on external requirements. Others include policy. Um, and the, the, it seems like the key to being effective is a better coordination with your RIM and regulatory affairs and regulatory operations groups, rather than defining whether you're just regulatory intelligence country filing requirements or regulatory intelligence and uh, policy. So it's really that coordination and a more holistic view of managing regulatory intelligence as part of the processes for managing regulatory information in general. Yes, absolutely. Collaboration and cross-functionality has been a key theme in our discussions as of late, especially when thinking about overall regulatory organization performance improvement. So Greg, thank you so much for your time today and sharing the findings from the Regulatory Intelligence Study and White Paper. If you have any closing remarks, please go ahead now. No, no, really just a shameless plug for our information that we put on the uh, website. There are a couple of blogs and white papers available um, to uh, uh, members, at least the premier members for sure, but I think it, it, some of that is also in the more open uh, general area. So if anyone has any questions, you know, we, we certainly are available to, uh, to answer those questions and follow up in, in a little bit more detail. Thanks so much, Greg. And nothing wrong with a shameless plug. For those of you who would like to read the 2022 Regulatory Intelligence White Paper, you can find it on our website in the Knowledge to Share section. And like Greg mentioned, we also have blog posts on this and related topics as well. Thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, cheers.